the moon. For millions of years, it has been humanity's greatest obsession. Early Mesopotamians believed the moon was a giant onion that had rolled off a dinner plate and onto the table spread of the gods. To the ancient Greeks, the moon was the source of all the snakes in the world. Spanish conquistadors would seek to harness its life-giving emanations by hurling newborn infants at it from clifftops, resulting in their almost immediate extinction as a society. While today we know the moon was mostly likely formed from the debris left by the destruction of an earlier, slightly larger moon, it remains a source of mystery forever out of our reach. Not a single word of that was true. Some of it was true. None. None of it was true. Well, what then? You're not going to start with the whole people walked on the moon claptrap again, are you? You mean the events of the Apollo program, scrupulously recorded and witnessed firsthand by millions of people around the world? There you go again. Sure, we exploded people at the moon in metal tubes, and they drove around in a beach buggy before parachuting back down to Earth and going for a swim. Do you even listen to yourself? Why do I... Look... Can we at least agree that whatever happened, Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining is a clear metaphor for it? Obviously. Now, Saturn. Have you ever noticed how Saturn sounds an awful lot like Satan? I'm going outside for a while. Watch out for moon snakes. But that, that's no moon snake. It's a moon station. Moon station. Wah, wah, wah. The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, featuring Josh Addison and M. Dentis. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy in Auckland, New Zealand. I am Josh Addison and also in Auckland, New Zealand, close enough that I could reach out and caress their clammy flesh. Also, I'm going to poke your nipple. Ah, how dare you. It's Dr. M. Rx Dentith. We're in the same place. We're yeah. literally in the same location. We are. We are breathing each other's fumes during a pandemic. Staring into one another's eyes. Staring into the abyss. Mm. So, yeah, that's nice. If, if nothing else, it means there will be slightly fewer awkward pauses when one of us isn't quite sure that the other one at the other end of the Zoom call has stopped talking yet. And also it means that editing the podcast becomes an interesting proposition again, because when we've been recording on Zoom, we've had quite separate audio tracks, mm. and now we're in the same room using Levier mics, but we're still talking in the same space. So it's now much harder to then separate out the bits where we talk over each other. So with benefits come detriment, mm, such almost, as the circle of life. It's almost like it's a metaphor for something, but probably not. What's a metaphor? Exactly. So it's a, it's, it's a back the, to the conspiracy episode. It is. This week. We've gone back, we've gone back, we've gone almost all the way back. Not quite all the way back. It's well, one we, of our... We're kind of, we're jumping slightly back and then further back. Well, yes, yeah. We're jumping around throughout through, through, through the time And then asking the pertinent question, has there been any advances on this classic story since we first covered it back in episode 29 and also episode 191? Mm. So before we, before we give the game away, should we play a little chime? I think jolly, kind of, a jolly jingle. I think we kind of gave the game away with the opening sketch. Well, we may have. I, I, I'm assuming people... That could have been a metaphor as well. They don't know yet. Well, plus, we do also do use ID3 tags on the podcast. So you can technically skip the intro and go straight to the theme with certain podcast apps. God, don't tell them that. Jesus. I'm just making life exciting. Fine, 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 fine. Especially so if I start abusing the tags. Mm. But... Yes, let's not let's not countenance that shocking possibility. Let's just play a chime and then do it. Bingo bonk. Buckle up. 
we're going back to the conspiracy. Right, it's the moon. Yes, obviously, obviously, we're talking about. Well, it's the moon and the race. The to race to the, the moon. moon. Yes. So back in episode 191, we looked at moon landing hoax conspiracy theories. Sorry, episode 29. In episode 191, we looked at the phantom cosmomort thesis. Cosmonaut? Cosmomort. 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 Who knows? Could be literally anything. Desimbomatia. So what we're going to do this time is we're going to combine the two. The race to the moon. And did we ever actually get there? Because as we know, no human being can pass through the Van Allen belt without having to put on flares. And... Astronaut suits, and they're called astronaut suits professionally, aren't flared. They're skinny jeans. Mm, yes, no, it's, it's it's a pickle, but we'll get there. Yes, yeah, so the moon is a pickle. You're quite right. Mm. It's inter- well, when it, it's only when it gets small. Sometimes it's a banana, and sometimes it's a pickle, and then sometimes it's more of a melon. This is basic and astrophysics. And, I'm surprised and, I have to explain it to you. You've forgotten the onion ring po- point where it turns into an onion ring. Mm. Well, yeah, obviously. That was but only once every two mm. or three hundred years. Yes. No, but we, so, so uh, this is good doing it this way because we get to look at the conspiracies from both sides, I guess. The space race back in the late 60s, early 70s, America. The and, Cold War. And the USSR engaged in a little bit of a, bit of a, bit of a, it wasn't even a proxy war, was it? It was the two of them straight each other, but it was a... A Cold War as opposed to a hot war. Mm. And so the, the race to the moon was very much, a, a, I guess, what, a, a propaganda, I suppose, well, I mean, it was, I mean, I mean, it was a, you know, a central part mm. of the Kennedy administration was showing, we are going to go to that moon. Showing superiority, technological superiority or whatever. And we might even blow bit to the moon up as part of scientific experiments because nothing says human occupation than blowing mm. things up. Yes, no, it would be irresponsible not to. But yes, so we had the Americans, the Americans with their Apollo program on one side and then on the other side we had the Russians. And, I mean, the Russian space program was pretty much a conspiracy just all around. It was it was notorious for the amount of secrecy involved. I, from from reading accounts of the time, it was there'd just be sort of you know silence from the Russian people. No, they had their what was he called? The master engineer or something. There was, there was this person who so was are you even, making a Halo reference. There? I wish I was, but no. There, there was the person who was in charge of the Russian space program was not even mentioned by name they were just this mysterious figure and and you'd hear nothing from russia until they announced one of their many triumphs and from what i understand the space war uh, the space race rather the americans they, they won but they it was it was sort of a, a a come from behind sort of a victory russia appeared to be in the lead the whole time anytime the americans would come up with some sort of advance russia would seemingly effortlessly throw out something even better um, Which did lead to questions as to who was infiltrating who during the space race. Which is a, a plot point in For All Mankind, the Apple TV series, which is a hypothetical what if Russia got to the moon first, what would that mean for the American space race? And one of the plot lines, I raise as a spoilers, is that between seasons two and season three, one of the core American characters basically gets compromised, compromises provided. Uh, which makes her start giving information to the Russians, like engine designs and flight plans. And there was a lot of discussion during the Cold War and the space race as to were there Russian infiltrators basically working at NASA, passing information along. But as you say, the Russian space program was highly secretive. And some people put this down to very different attitudes towards 
building rockets to launch people into space. Russia was not a particularly safety first culture. It was very much of, we'll build a thing, we'll put a person in the thing, and hopefully the thing will work. Whilst America was much more of the case of, we will build a thing, we will test a thing, and if the thing works, then we might put a person in it, although we still might not do because we're a little bit concerned about the risk. And so there is a theory going around that the Russian space program wasn't just highly secretive, but large sections of it have been removed from official histories because of things which went very, very wrong indeed, or missions where the people who were going up in the rocket were told they were coming down in the rocket, but there was never any intention to bring those people back. Mm. And that's the Phantom Cosmonaut thesis. Yes, so this is the theory that, that officially, officially Yuri Gagarin was the first man into space in April of 1961. But um, the conspiracy theory goes that he's the first one who went into space and lived to tell the tale. Or at least the first one that Russia was willing that, to yes. admit to. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is that there had been previous missions which one way or another went badly, uh, but these were completely covered up so it looked like Russia had a perfect success record. Again, officially... The first, cosmonaut, first Russian cosmonaut to die during a mission was a man called Vladimir Komarov, who died in 1967, so that's six years after Gagarin's um, mission. He, he's the first person who they acknowledged his mission went wrong, and he, he, uh, he died yeah, during he the went entry. up, and then his ashes came down. Mm. So supposedly th there's... The story goes that lots of people knew there were serious flaws with his craft. There was the potential for disaster on this mission, but um, no one wanted to be the one to go to Brezhnev and tell him, actually, we should probably delay this flight. Supposedly, US um, listening posts in Turkey intercepted his final transmissions, which had him crying with rage, quote, cursing the people who had put him inside a botched spaceship. And so, so that, that's led people to look at well, what, if that's what we know about, and Russia has been so secretive, what don't we know? Yeah, so I mean, we know that missions weren't announced until they were imminent, and failed missions were usually covertly renamed after the fact to make it hard to then track exactly what was going on with their space program. And also, we don't have a complete list or a set of photos of the known cosmonauts, which... Given that Stalin and his contemporaries were very keen on photographic manipulation and making people disappear from photos, makes you go, hmm, I mean, maybe some of those photos are missing? And this is where I tell my space dog story. Please do. Which I've told on the podcast before, but people may have forgotten it. So there's the Museum of Jurassic Technology in LA, which is one of those museums where some of the exhibits are real, and some of the exhibits are fake, and the docents do not tell you. You're just meant to go through and try to work out what's real and what's fake. So I went there, and there was an exhibition of the work of Athanas Kircher, which I was fairly sure was genuine, because I know a little bit about Kircher and his work. There's also an exhibit about bats who can fly through walls. And I was going, I'm fairly sure that, 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 that one... That doesn't sound possible. Yeah, that doesn't sound real, but on the top floor, they have this room with oil paintings of all the Soviet dogs who went into space. Now these are oil paintings. Oil paintings, if you're going to just, you know, mock one up, 
they take a really, mm. really long time to make. And I was staring at these paintings going, on one level, it seems ridiculous you'd commission individual oil paintings of all the dogs you sent into space. Yeah, at the very least, a single painting of all of them playing oh, poker. Yeah. yeah. But then I was going, but would you spend that much time faking oil paintings of all the Soviet space dogs? And also, it seems like the kind of thing the Soviets would do. And it also seems like the kind of thing that would end up in America with the collapse of the Soviet Union and Americans going over there and buying up every single bit of tat they can find. And I was going, these may be legitimate Soviet-era mm. portraits of dogs who went into space. Space dogs. Or a very, very elaborate forgery, which would have taken probably years to commit to, because you're making oil paintings of dogs. Mm. Yes, I, 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 would, I choose to believe they're genuine. I choose to be agnostic, mm. but I, I live in hope that Fair those enough. are the portraits of those poor dogs who went into space and unfortunately probably never came back. They no. chased the ball up, all the way up, mm. to the moon. Now, there, there are stories of, soldier, of, of cosmonauts, rather, who went up and possibly came back, but possibly not uh, in, in great condition. There, there are a few sort of stories that have just circulated with names attached. One of them is Lieutenant Colonel Vladimir Ilyushin. He supposedly went into space before Gagarin did, but but And got space madness. Yes, he got the space something madness. went wrong yeah. on the mission, but that was always unclear. There was an article in the British communist newspaper, The Daily Worker, which said that, quote, some technical mishap had left Ilyushin deranged, and as a result he was disappeared uh, by, by the, the Russian... Um, administration because he was some, any good yeah. publicity. Some people claim that actually the real problem and the reason why they never admitted to his involvement is that he went up fine but the re-entry was botched and he landed in China rather than in the Soviet Union and was then held for a year as a kind of political prisoner. Although many people think that story seems unlikely because in the 1960s Russia and China were fairly close. They shared a communist manifesto, for example, and so you wouldn't think they'd be keeping Russian pilots in situations of that ilk. Mm. Yeah, so some people claim that there was a Vladimir Ilyushin, but he was a pilot and not actually involved in the space program. So maybe there is, you know, this is a case of there being some sort of a story there that was so sort of half-reported and mangled and possibly multiple stories mixed together or something that what we actually have may well be far from the truth. One with a bit more detail is the story of a, a man called Sergeyev Ivanov, although this is apparently sort of a, a pseudonym given to him. So the story goes that a severely burned man was brought to a Dr. Vladimir Golyakovsky in 1961, shortly before Gagarin's mission, and it was claimed <clears throat> that this man, who had been given the pseudonym Sergeyev Ivanov, was actually Valentin Bondarenko, who was a training, a cosmonaut in training, who'd died not actually in a space mission, but on a training mission in a, a low-pressure altitude chamber um, at the Institute of Biomedical, Pro uh, Biomedical Problems. Interesting euphemism in Moscow. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of those... In Russian, it probably sounds a lot better, but when translated to mm. English, it is the Institute of Biomedical Problems. So, yes, apparently this was uh, a chamber with a high level of oxygen, a fire started, 
and he was horribly burned and died shortly afterwards. So he, so, so what we apparently know, his death was not reported at the time, but supposedly his, he is one of these people who was removed from photographs. Um, again, for for you know propaganda purposes, they don't want to acknowledge the existence of this guy. Who... They want to. What what about this guy over here? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't uh, talk about him. Yeah, he's a bit burnt. So apparently, apparently, his th this story is is credible, and that details of his death were eventually published in the West in the nineteen eighty. But again, so that's that's a case of a death as part of the space program, but not actually a person going into space. But then we have the interesting case of the heartbeats in space yes. from February 4th, 1961. So the Soviets had announced there was going to be a Sputnik pay payload launched into space. And Western observers who were listening in on the frequency, because once again, there's a cold war mm. going on and people are spying on one another willy-nilly. They claimed that the supposedly empty craft being used as a kind of a test mission the radio broadcast back had what sounded like moaning, a human heartbeat, and Russian being translated in Morse code that suddenly just ended. Yes, so this, th th this, this was the claim, but that's also been, been doubted. Um, it, d d there was not a lot of evidence given for this, apart from the fact that the transmission was broadcast on a frequency that was easily accessible to amateurs, but people who talked about it suggested it was it might have been a hoax or might have just been a test of the communication system on the payload, so those sounds weren't actually um, coming from someone or something inside the Sputnik payload, it was Which just something... Which is a plausible thing to think, because if you're doing testing of spacecraft, you want, well, we need to make sure we've got radio communication, and we probably also want to have some kind of medical broadcast at the same time, so that we can... If, you know, if the person isn't speaking, you're going, uh, are you not speaking because you're just being a normal taciturn Russian, or uh, are you a normal taciturn Russian who's a bit dead? So you'd probably have multiple channels and multiple bits of data coming through. So if you were testing a communications protocol, you'd want, you know, a bit of language, a bit of heartbeat, the TV I'm about to make a joke about a British TV show called Heartbeat. I don't even think I've got enough information no, to make that, that reference work. too deep a cut. Yeah, the main actor was Nick someone. Him go, no, 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 I no. can't make this work. Maybe 10 years ago it would have been mm. funnier, but now not so much. No. But yeah, you might have multiple chains of transmission that you're testing. Or, of course, you might have sent someone up in a rocket and then, oh, no, uh, no, that was, uh, it was just a payload test. Definitely weren't sending people up in that rocket. Definitely Eagle was not in that rocket. No one called Eagle was in that rocket at all. No. So that was one. Uh, a stronger claim came from uh, two Italian amateur radio operators, the Giudica Cordelia brothers. Uh, they claimed to have been monitoring Russian transmissions from the late 50s onwards, and they released nine different recordings that they said they had taken from different secret Soviet space missions from the early 60s. And these were all the ones they, they uh, released were all supposedly missions that had ended in tragedy. Um, tragedy. So again, people have listened to these and they, they have not been treated as conclusive proof. Um, some people, 
have pointed out that these, these, the cosmonauts who you hear speaking on these recordings don't use proper Air Force communication protocols or use the correct terminology, suggesting that possibly it's, you know, it's a hoax from people pretending to be cosmonauts, but they don't, you know, they, they don't actually know all the, all the proper lingo. So basically people laughing as astronauts or cosmonauts. Well, who knows, yeah, whether, whether, whether it's people making transmissions for fun, which these brothers picked up on, or these brothers faking their own transmissions. Another thing was that supposedly some of these missions that went wrong record, uh, astronaut, uh, record, record the mission going wrong and the astronauts veering off into space and being lost, lost into deep space forever. I mean, lost in space with Dr. Smith and the robot. No. You bumbling bobblehead. No, that would be nice, but they're more more along the, the lines pain. of the pain. Well, a bit of that, yes, as 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 presumably suffocating or starving to death in the blackness of space. Yes, the pop culture references are not working for they're me. They're a little bit aged, a little bit creaking. <laughs> some of them, I'm afraid. But no, but as people pointed out, in the early '60s, the Russians could put a spacecraft in orbit, but as far as we're aware, they they were what they were launching, they weren't capable of sending something into outer space even by accident. So people have sort of suggested, well, it's a nice story, but um, maybe these maybe these recordings don't actually give us proof of of phantom cosmonauts either. But yet we have no proof that anyone's been to the moon thus far, because all of these stories about people going into space mm. allegedly, which indicates does space even exist? And if we're going of space, does it exist? Does the moon exist? Or is it just a paper moon? Now that's a deep cut. That's deeper than I'd prefer, quite frankly. <laughs> and now, now I'm going, well, I mean, we've got no proof anyone's been to, to the moon. At least we've got no proof Russians have been to the moon. Josh, persuade me that Americans have been to the moon. Well, lots of people saw them do it. Did they, though? Uh, well, did they, they? They saw rockets launch into the, into the air. Uh, anyone could go along and, and to Cape Canaveral and watch the launches. There was video footage returned back, but um, Which we'll is talk about that. Which is of that of the Michelin web sketch about faking going to the moon. Okay, so you know, we could, you know, we could get one up on the Russian team. You know, we could say we've been to the moon. You know, but what would it take to actually fake going to the moon? Well, you have to build a big rocket. Why? Well, because people need to see the rocket. But we'll save money elsewhere. Well, actually, no, not really. And that, you know, a catering budget for a film set is going to be more expensive than th feeding three astronauts in space. So you're saying we should fake going to the moon by actually going to the moon. That might just work. Mm. Well, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of the rebuttal. So, of course, we're, we're, on to the, we're on to the classic now, the actual moon landing conspiracy theories. This is... I don't know. I, I, we'll talk about this a bit at the end. I think this used to be certainly one of the big ones. It was the Kennedy assassination, the moon landings, and then 9-11 came along yeah. and, and became the biggest of the three. But it used to be that this, this was sort of, you know, the canonical example of a, of a conspiracy theory. Um, the idea that no, no one, or it's certainly at least no Americans, had been on to the moon, that the Apollo program was a fake, that the um, video of astronauts walking on the moon... Um, was was all faked, and no one had ever actually been there. Now, I remember when we first talked about the, about this at the time. My my first question was when, like, did people start talking about this at the time, or is it one of those things where years later, 
people suddenly decided they they wanted to doubt that things like like, like with the the whole sort of Shakespeare stuff, which might be another one, another, another candidate for these back to the conspiracy episodes. Mm, actually, yes, we should probably go back to Shakespeare. Mm. See whether we get the ire of El, of Ellen. Tarika, who I believe been corresponding with you recently. I I have received emails, but yes, uh, but I mean that that was very much a case where, as far as I'm aware, nobody was questioning the authorship of Shakespeare's plays at the time. It was something that happened later. Whereas with the moon landings, was that was there immediate suspicion or not? So when I first got into conspiracy theories as a child, the standard story everybody told was that actually moon landing conspiracy theories don't occur before the film Capricorn 1. Now Capricorn 1 is a thriller film, great first half, second half, not so great, about a mission to Mars which the American space program has to fake because even though they've built the rocket to take three astronauts to Mars, an hour before the launch they discover that the life support system on the rocket is going to fail about three months into the journey, killing the astronauts. But because funding for the space program is so fickle, they decide they will fake the mission to Mars in order to secure additional funding in the next kind of financial term to then do the mission properly. And so the first half of the film is about faking going to Mars. And many people at the time watched it going, and that that looks an awful lot like the moon landing footage. And in this case, we know this footage was shot in a studio because they didn't fake a Mars mission in Capricorn 1 by literally sending people to Mars. And so for a time, people said, look, no one really doubted the moon landing until Capricorn 1 came out. And then it kind of got backported. If you can fake a Mars landing, why can't you fake a moon landing as well? But it seems that that is not true. Moon landing no. conspiracy theories are much earlier well, than a Capricorn few years One. Earlier. But yes, Capricorn yeah. One, apparently 1978. Uh, the the Apollo program finished in 1972. Um, but yes, the first book recorded about the subject, called "We Never Went to the Moon: America's Thirty Billion Dollar Swindle," was written in '74 and self-published in 1976 by a guy called Bill Casing. So self-published suggests it wasn't, possibly wasn't a a, a, a big thing. Probably but... hard to pitch to a publisher. Mm. You, you, you know those moon landings that you've written numerous books about? All fake. Mm. All fake. But um, so he was he was a senior technical writer. Bless him. Um, he worked for Rocket Dyne, the company that built the F one engines and used the on the Seven Five rocket. Uh, you'd, you'd think so, but no, oh. no, that was that was Cyberdyne, not Rocketdyne. They okay. made that Terminator rockets. So he served as the head of the technical publications unit at the company's Propulsion Field Laboratory until 1963. So they say that his book effectively began discussions of the moon landings being fake. So he claimed that the chance of a successful manned landing on the moon was calculated to be 0.0017 percent. I don't know how he came to that exact probability, but and so he says that even though, even though the USSR was keeping a very close eye on America, oh, it still would have been easier for them to fake the moon landings than to actually land astronauts on the moon. Now that actually, which is interesting because this is the earliest thing, one of you know, the the earliest published thing about this conspiracy theory, and it does actually build into it a response to one of the most common 
points against moon landing conspiracy theories, which is, if they were really faked, how come Russia didn't know? Because if they knew, surely, surely they would have said something. Yes, you'd think that the propaganda value of exposing a conspiracy by NASA to fake a moon landing would be of immense value to the USSR, because the USSR would be able to look, our space program hasn't been entirely successful for landing people on the moon, but America, they said they went there and we've got proof positive they faked it. And given Soviet infiltration of America and the fact that it was a huge problem with spying at the time, you would think they probably would have access to the information if the Americans had faked the moon landing. But I believe, Josh, you're going to provide a counter-argument to this. Well, I, I, I will actually, in just a moment, because, yes, yeah, so this, this guy is saying that even his argument was, yeah, if the Russians got wind that it was a fake, they'd be all over it. But even though, even then, it would still be easier to keep up the enormous amount of secrecy required to get away with a hoax than it would be to actually land people on the moon. Um, the other possibility, of course, is that Russia was faking their space program at the same time. Well, yes. If both sides were going, ah, oh, yeah, we're up. We keep exploding rockets. They go up, but then they don't come back down. Uh, if, if you don't blink, we won't blink. Mm. I mean, you said you went to the moon, but uh, you also know that we keep killing our cosmonauts, so uh, we'll just let this one slide. Uh, just don't do it again. Oh, how many Apollo? No, 18? No, mm. no. But yes, no, I did, I did see, now I, I, I read a comment, and it was just before I think we decided to actually do an episode on this, so I never made a note of it, so I can't remember for the life of me where I read it. But just recently I saw a comment on, it might have been one of our old YouTube videos, but I couldn't see it in my YouTube comments, so I think maybe because this podcast is now broadcast on free FM in New Zealand and they put a post up on Facebook every time they do one of their episodes, maybe I saw a comment on the Facebook page for an old episode or something. But, yeah, but I don't somewhere... think we gave them the moon landing episodes too early. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, not too long ago, I saw a comment on a thing talking about moon landings where someone had said, well, obviously the, the conspiracy theory is a nonsense because Russia would have found out and they would have made an enormous stink about it. And this person replied, no, 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 no. Russia would have found out and then kept it for blackmail purposes. Yeah, and I mean, uses compromise, quite useful, but then you have to explain why in the dissolution of the Soviet Union, someone then just doesn't go, oh, been sitting on this hoping to use it for years now. There's no point holding onto it because the entire administration has gone away. The Americans fake the moon landing. Mm. But then even then, the whole point of the space race was that it was this big propaganda war to try and for each country trying to show their own technological superiority. Why, if you had the opportunity to essentially win the war to show that the other side was cheating, would you then suddenly abandon the entire enterprise and make it look like you'd lost for some sort of... You know, it doesn't, doesn't, I can't see any sort of a cost benefit thing that would work out so that it would make sense to hold on to this information for any sort of benefit rather and, and in doing so throw the space race. Which does suggest that maybe the Americans did go to the moon. But we should probably mm. talk a little bit about the kind of evidence that people appeal to to say, but no, they didn't. Yes, so you've probably heard of a lot of these. There, there are all the supposed claims about errors in the footage um, of the astronauts. You know, Rocks uh, with markings on them, which have been painted on before the astronauts even leave their capsule. 
Yes, uh, the, the lack of stars in the background, the flag moving when there should be no air to make it flutter and so on. And These have all basically been debunked as far as I know. Yeah, the flag fluttered because there was a motor attached to it to make it wave in a non-existent breeze. There are no stars in the background due to the focal length of the cameras being used and also, you know, the stark sunlight on the moon mm. kind of washing out the little pinpricks of light from more distant stars. It turns out, once you actually understand the, I say, the Martian environment, I'm very much fixated on Capricorn you One. Mm. Once you understand the lunar envi environment, a lot of these things make sense. Well, the thing that doesn't make sense Where's the footage, Josh? Where's the actual footage? I don't know. You're asking me personally. I don't have it. Do you have it? I mean, but the thing is, nobody knows where it is. So one of the bugbears for the moon landing is that we've got the TV recordings of the landing on the moon. But the actual original tapes, the high-definition tapes, they're no longer with us. Mm. And... NASA thinks they may have been accidentally wiped, although they are kind of hopeful they'll turn up one day when someone takes inventory. But it is very annoying from a historical perspective that the high-definition tapes are missing, which has led to people going, well, isn't that convenient? Mm. Isn't that very convenient indeed. Yes, now other evidence um, was brought up in a, a couple of documentaries from the early 2000s. There was A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, uh, released in 2001, and Astronauts Gone Wild from 2004, both by a guy called Bart Sebrill. Both available on Pornhub, I believe. Probably. They, they certainly sound like they should be. Um, this is the guy, if, if, you, if you want to know, this is the guy who Buzz Aldrin punched in the face. Um, if, if you've ever heard a story about, about but that, that time Buzz Aldrin punched some guy, this is that guy. Uh, he, he was in the habit of walking up. He was a bit of a... Um, uh, who's the Veritas guy? James O'Keefe? Yeah. Bit of, yeah. A, bit, of, bit of a sort of a... Bit, bit, bit of an ambush... A, a provocateur. Ambush provocateur guy who, who would, was in the habit of going up to Apollo... Uh, Apollo mission astronauts like and passing them a Bible and insisting that they swear on the Bible that they really went to the moon and he had apparently uh, called Buzz Aldrin a coward, a liar and a thief to his face uh, prompting Buzz, Buzz Aldrin to punch him in his face um, but so uh, the, the claims in his, um, in, his doc in his movies one of the main ones is that we can't have gone to the moon because astronauts couldn't have survived going through the Van Allen belt. Which is a belt of radiation belts. around yeah, the Earth, as belts. opposed to a, a literal belt that encircles the Earth. No. Um, yeah, so there, there are these, these uh, multiple belts of radiation that encircle the Earth, but um, I, I believe Dr. James Van Allen, who discovered the Van Allen belts, who died... And very fond of wearing belts as well, I, mean, I believe. I assume. He died also in the early 2000s, but after the publication of these movies. Apparently he himself had said, no, that's not true, you could... So, but because they're not hanging around in the Van Allen belts, like, I, I think... The, I read some figure about sort of, you know, a, a satellite orbiting the Earth within the Van Allen belt would receive a huge amount of radiation, but a spaceship going straight through them isn't going to receive anywhere near as much, enough radiation to actually harm um, a human being. Plus, uh, these people are in metal tubes. Mm. Yes, yeah, so there was some amount of radiation shielding on top of that as well. Yeah. I think it's true. If you put, if you shot a human being into space without any protective measures, they would die probably 
as they transition through the yeah, Van Allen quite Belt. possible. But probably not because of the Van Allen Belt. Probably due to the lack of oxygen and the fact it's so incredibly cold. Mm. But there are, um, there are other claims. Um, some, some fairly sort of... Fid I, I remember a few sort of very fiddly technical ones about how this footage that was shot from within the... the, the um, capsule looking out to the window into space into into the moon or, or looking at the moon or looking at the earth uh, are obviously not fake because of the the parallax or something between the the the, the out the, the the window that it's looking through and what it's okay they came up with this very sort of geometry based uh, explanation for why this shot can't be real but essentially they wanted to claim that yes we went into space and we took footage from space but we didn't go all the way to the moon, and so what you're seeing when they this is supposedly footage on the way to the moon is actually footage taken from low orbit, and um, made to look further away. And there are also claims that they'd supposedly uh, they they had secret footage of astronauts rigging up cameras to take this fake footage and what have you. But I think what what I find most interesting, I think. Actually, no, sorry. Before we get in, before we get into the final, but the Stanley Kubrick angle, we can't we can't pass up. The Kubrick connection. Yeah, we can't pass up talking Why, about The Shining. Do, do I, I, this was another one where I was, wasn't a hundred percent certain of the origin of it. Is it simply because Kubrick had already made Two Thousand and One: A Space Odyssey, which remember was made before we'd been up into space and used very clever, for, you know, very advanced for the time special effects to show footage that was meant to be in space, which ended up being, you know, particularly realistic. Um, was it simply because he'd managed to realistically fake space footage from 2001 that people think he's the guy who they must have gone to for the moon landings? Or was there I'm more not, to it than that? I'm actually not entirely sure why Kubrick got pinged. I mean, it might be, as you say, his space film compared to contemporary space films. And the thing about when you start talking about 2001, you compare the cinematography of 2001, which I maintain is a very boring film, but yes, it's a very I... pretty mm. film. It's an incredibly pretty film. And you compare it to its contemporaries, which have much more engaging plot lines, but also look like they're on cardboard sets and you can see the string when people mm. are floating in zero-G. And so, yes, I can see a kind of argument of, look at what he did. If someone was going to fake the moon landing footage at this time, Kubrick is the go-to person to do it. But many people often think that this is kind of a joke which has gone somewhat awry. That it wasn't a serious thesis, mm. Kubrick faked the moon landing. It was more a case of, well, you know, if anyone was going to be able to fake moon landing footage, it would be Kubrick. And now I'm going to tell you an elaborate story as to how I imagined Kubrick would be in on this conspiracy. But it's not entirely clear it started off as a serious conspiracy theory, where people say, it definitely is the case, Kubrick faked the moon landing. It sounds more like it was a pleasant what-if, which is then taken on gigantic proportions to the point where people claim that The Shining is mm. Kubrick's coded message about how he faked the moon landing. Yeah, there's supposedly, I mean, people, people have, have um, gone over The Shining with a fine-toothed comb and come up with all sorts of uh, different different interpretations. Oh, there's, there's stuff about, what is it, the, it's all about the American treatment of First Nations people and stuff like that. But then other people, yes, claim that there are these various um, 
various things that show that that he was he was he it was his confession essentially he obviously knew he couldn't actually say that um that 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 come out and say yeah well i did it it was all a hoax but his conscience his conscience wouldn't allow him to remain silent so he he encoded the message of what he had done um into his into his movie but the thing about um, the shining is it's probably one of the most over-analyzed films ever made by a human being. It really is. There might be films made by monkeys which have been similarly analyzed, but I'm not here to talk about those. No, no. Because there was a a YouTube video I watched years ago talking about the impossible geometry of the Overlook Hotel. So if you actually spend time looking at the way that scenes transition and people walk into particular spaces, the Overlook Hotel makes no sense as a kind of physical location. People walk left into what should be the outside, but there are corridors. U-turns are made into areas which are obviously outside locations, but there's more hotel. And people go, yes, isn't Kubrick clever? He's giving you the suggestion of, of just how, how messy Jack's mind is at this time. And other people are going, no, Kubrick liked fancy shots, but didn't really care about the rest of that stuff. So it's not a deliberate choice to make the Overlook Hotel have an impossible geometry. Kubrick just didn't think anyone would notice that they should have turned left, not right in that scene. Mm. Yeah, I I remember reading a, a website years ago by a guy who who was seeking to explain every single thing that could be considered a continuity error or some sort of a mistake as as being being on purpose with entirely starting from the point of Stanley Kubrick does not make mistakes and so if something looks like a mistake it's not a mistake it's something he put there on purpose i can't remember how he explained the shadow of the helicopter and the opening helicopter shot in the film but yes it was all it was all a bit of, the only one that the only one that actually almost made sense was there's a bit of a continuity error where at one point jack the famous typewriter on which with all, all work and no play stuff at one point you see the typewriter and there's no paper in it and then later on in the same scene there's paper in the typewriter which appears to be a continuity error but then he was sort of kind of no that's you see the hotel is feeding him paper making sure that he'll continue writing and going insane i was like i i, I could possibly give you that one but certainly not the reason and certainly not anything that would suggest that it's all a reference to him faking the moon landings which is about about where we end things so i mean one thing one thing i find interesting about the moon landing conspiracy theories uh, um that doesn't apply to many others of them is how much positive refutation there is of them. I mean, you'll see a lot of conspiracy theories, it's like, here's the conspiracy theory, here are arguments against the theory itself. But with the moon landing, there's stuff that says not just the theory itself is wrong, but here is independent stuff that proves it can't be right. Um, There was, at the time, there was a great... um, Why did I say at the time? Uh, A while at the time we first did this... um, did this episode, there was um, a guy called S.G. Collins, a cinematographer, had an, uh, oh, I a movie that on video YouTube. Yeah. yeah, and he talks about the amount of film you would need to film people in slow motion to fake the notion that they're weightless. You go, look, film canisters in the 60s weren't big enough to fit that much film in them because the length of period we've got of astronauts dancing about in low G 
on the lunar surface is actually quite a lengthy amount of time because it's being sent back because of a video signal to Earth. To fake that in a film camera, which you'd have to do at the time, the drums just aren't big yeah. enough. They would, they would physically not be able to exist. Yeah, there are all sorts of technical reasons how the... Um, you can see because the light and the footage is coming from the sun, all the shadows are parallel to one another. Um, so to produce that effect in a film studio, you couldn't do it with, you know, you'd need more that you can't just use a single light source because then you get diverging shadows. You'd essentially need to have a wall of lights, um, which would have been at the very least incredibly impractical. And I don't think possible with very, the lighting technology hot. of the time. Very, 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 very hot. hot. Uh, but yeah, there, there's all the stuff about the fact that the motion of the astronauts in low, low moon gravity would not have been possible to fake with the technology of the time, essentially. As you say, it would have required some sort of slow motion and various other techniques that just didn't exist then. So you basically get to the point where it's either you don't believe that we had the technology to go to the moon, but you do believe we had secret filming technology that for some reason they'd kept under, you know, it's sort of like something had to have been faked. And I, no matter which way you look at it, so that yeah, I find that interesting that um, that that you can actually make a positive case for. Like I've never seen, I've seen people arguing against, say, the the nine eleven architects for truth, or whatever they are, their arguments that oh this shows that it you know must have been a controlled demolition, and people will argue against the thing that they say. But I don't think I've ever seen people go to the trouble of saying this here proves that it was definitely a collapse due to. I mean, I guess maybe, you maybe get some similarities with JFK conspiracy theory stuff. So there are people who are ad, uh, adamant that we can conclusively prove that Lee Harvey Oswald fired the shot and worked alone. But yeah, there is something interesting about the moon landing ones where there's so much ancillary evidence people bring to bear, such as the state of technology in the 1960s the relationship between Russia and America and spying and infiltration going on there. They go, look, the stories you're telling about the faking of the moon landing just seem highly improbable given everything else we know of that particular time period. And so it does make it a really interesting case of, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, Moon landing, unwarranted conspiracy mm. theory here. Yeah, I'm of the firm belief we've been to the moon because all of my Illuminati meetings are held up there. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing, of course, is the mirrors. The, the, there is stuff left on the moon. You can bounce. You can fire a laser up at the moon, and it'll bounce back off of a thing that we left up there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Now, admittedly, there. I mean, there are varied there, conspiracy yeah, yeah. theories that go, well, look, we sent stuff to the moon. We just didn't send human beings to the moon. There's also a theory which I find personally interesting, which is we faked the first Apollo mission. So we've been to the moon, mm. but the first one failed in some way, and that required faking it so that the Soviets wouldn't take, or at least wouldn't try to beat the Americans to the moon. But all the other missions have been successful. Mm. And that seems like something, go, well, I mean, I still don't think it's true, I still think it's unwarranted, but it's at least it's a more interesting, interesting one variation yeah. of going, well, look, we did get to the moon eventually, but the history of the Apollo program may not be as clear-cut as, as it appears. Mm. 
So that's that's essentially a recap of all the stuff we've talked about the moon. But of course, with um, with these back to the conspiracy episodes, we do like to see has anything actually changed since we last talked about it? And I don't know. Well, there was a Doctor Who episode about how the moon was a giant egg. Yes, there's been a bit of pop culture. There was the series. The, what's what's the series you talked about before? Uh, for all mankind. For all mankind. There, there was that, that found footage film. Is it Polo? 19 oh, yeah. about the final Apollo mission and what we brought back, which I don't think either of us have watched. I have not watched it, no, it didn't sound great. There was, um, and of course, there was a sequel to Moon Trap. Was there? Yeah, it's not very good. I can't imagine. There was Moonwalkers. Moonwalkers came out 2015, Moonwalkers. which would have been shortly after. I'm sure we probably mentioned it at the time. That was kind of fun. That's, um, Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman and Robert Grint from Harry Potter, and it's about, um, it's essentially the CIA wants to to hire Stanley Kubrick to fake the the moon landing, and these sort of um, uh, Ron Perlman's a CIA agent in charge of it, and he sort of meets up with a bunch of sort of British con men types who try to cobble together this thing, and you know can't get a hold of Kubrick, so get a mate of theirs who looks like Kubrick, and it's all you know it's a comedy, it's it's a it's all a bit of a farce, but it's just nice at the very end they they end up they fit they film it. They make this footage, but it all goes horribly wrong. And then the film ends with them sitting in a pub watching the actual footage of the Apollo landings, going, oh, look at that, we finally did it. Didn't we? And it's a Sounds nice a lot like Alien Autopsy. It's exactly like Alien Autopsy, but with Ron Perlman, who was from Alien Resurrection. So I can understand your confusion. It's true, I am very confused all the time. Mm. So yes, apart from some new popular culture, I don't know that there's really been any advances in the moon landing conspiracy theory. I well, wonder if... Well, you know, you know, David oh, Icke... David Icke's got stuff to say about yeah, the moon, but the, he's the got stuff to say about everything. The moon is hollow. It's, it's nothing it's to do with moon landings. It's rebroadcasting a signal from Earth. But he also claims that John Carpenter was involved in faking the moon landings. Ah, oh, well, that's an interesting... Because record. there was a John Carpenter who worked as an effects artist in one of the Star Wars films, which is not the John Carpenter of The Thing fame. It's a different John mm. Carpenter. But David Icke has never seen the same name being used for two different people. So he assumes that John Carpenter must be one and the same. He said, well, you know, the Death Star looks an awful lot like the moon. Ipso facto, John Carpenter involved in faking moon landings. Hmm, I don't quite... Don't, don't Which I... means that Prince of Darkness is probably... A confession. Yeah, a con mm. we, we should re-watch Prince of Darkness and find all the moon landing stuff in well, it. Well, I mean, we should just do that anyway. That's we should true. always re-watch Prince of Darkness. It's a great film. Uh, apart from the rampant sexism by the main character, who admits to being sexist, which makes it even worse. Mm. He admits to being a sexist almost the first time he meets the other main character. You go, oh, the 80s was oh, so the 80s. weird. It was an interesting time. But yes, I, I, I do kind of wonder if this is one of the examples of the things that Lee Bashan talks about, of where uh, over time kind of doesn't matter anymore in some cases. If, you, if, if it were conclusively proven that America faked the moon landings tomorrow, would that have much of an effect at all on anything really? I mean, the Cold War's long gone. People who don't distrust the government probably already do and probably aren't going to distrusted anymore and other people probably yeah you know, I, I, I can't imagine a great uproar if this conspiracy theory were to be proven true tomorrow especially since we've had subsequent trips into space mm. we know have occurred like oh yeah okay 
Yeah, sure. We faked some some lunar missions in the sixties, but you know, got a space station now. Yeah. Although not for much longer. No, no. Is it? What, what are they doing? Is it de- being decommissioned, or is it, it one of those well, things that's actually I mean, going to so fall out of orbit? Yeah, it's one of those things that has to be decommissioned eventually because it wasn't built to be used for mm. as long as it has been. And now there's a big debate, especially given the war in Ukraine, about replacing the International Space Station. Because the crucial thing is the International mm. Space Station, where international basically is just a coded term for Russia and America built a space station. But now Russia and America are not friends. Mm. And thus the international part of the International Space Station. And no one wants to take responsibility for funding the National no. Space Station. Doesn't... China has a space program, don't they? They do, yeah. They, they were, they India has a space pro- yeah. program. The European Union has a space program. Even dear old Aotearoa with Rocket Lab well, we do have, has a... A space program. A program which, for which, sending yeah, things into yeah, space. Which aids and abets the American military. It does, yes. Yeah. So I guess there you have it. The moon, it's still there, as Allegedly. far as you know. Yeah. I mean, we still haven't proven that Proved anyone actually went there, mm. even though we actually did spend a large chunk of this episode saying we've got good evidence we Very, did go quite, there. Quite but I'm evidence. just going to maintain mm. the, uh, the scepticism from the beginning of the episode. Yep, well, fair enough. So that's this episode, our first face-to-face episode in quite a long time. Yeah, I think. yeah basically since before you went June 2020. 21 something like that yeah. yeah good wee while so now we get to record our first ever our first uh, in a long time face-to-face bonus episode for our patrons and what a cavalcade of stories we have for you josh is going to talk about yet another podcast it is an hour podcast we're going to have an update on mh370 the conspiracy theory that could end this podcast series forever could we're going to talk about how the platform which is a very right-wing radio network here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, maybe a little bit too woke, mm. and so a rival has emerged. There's an update on the Nord Stream pipeline that got blown up uh, around about the beginning of the Ukrainian crisis, which is a little surprising. Uh, we'll have to mention in passing the fact that Donald Trump has released a single and that Fox is not doing particularly well in the Dominion trial. And then there's an MI5 update. Got to have an MI5 update. But if you want to know exactly what that update is... You'll have to subscribe to our Patreon. Mm. Yes, you'll have to go to patreon.com and search for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy and sign yourself up and become a patron, which has the added benefit, of course, of making you one of the best and shiniest and smelling people in the world. Yeah, Most luminous mm. people. Actually, the luminosity is a bit of a problem at, at the moment. People are complaining they're too Light luminous pollution, at, at, yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah. They attract moths yeah, and Their partners are finding mm. it very hard mm. to sleep without mm. patrons. So we are working we will do on something about that. Yeah, we are working yeah. on fixing that. That, probably using some kind of homeopathic solution as delivered by psychic fields. Mm, mm. uh, but as well as that, of course, you get access to our bonus episodes. So I think that I think that surely outweighs any any loss of sleep or attraction of of nighttime insects. Yes. Mm. Yes. You'd think so. Anyway. Yeah. So that's the end of this episode. I could I, I could finish it by by slapping your face in Morse code to spell out goodbye. That's that's just one of the many possibilities that have opened up to us now in this new environment. Or I, I won't do that. Or I could just attach a pig to your nipple. I mean, you could do that also. That wouldn't really send a good message for um, 
for, for saying goodbye. Yeah. But it would have a reaction. It would have a genuine, and, authentic and reaction. And it's a reference to a Tony Slattery sitcom. Excellent. I'm just a gigolo. Oh, God, I haven't seen that in a very long time. I suspect Jesus. it probably doesn't hold up on rewatching. Uh, almost certainly. But anyway, let's, let's, not, let's not delve into that too long. Let's just call things quits. We went to the moon. Deal with it. Goodbye. Watch out for those moon snakes. The podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy stars Josh Addison and myself, Associate Professor M.R.X. Denton. Our show's conspiracy... Sorry. Producers are Tom and Philip, plus another mysterious anonymous donor. You can contact Josh and myself at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider joining our Patreon. And remember, Soylent Green is Meeple's.